Pastor Herbert just mentioned that we are starting uh, two message series on prayer called Ask. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about acknowledging prayer. How many are currently praying about something? God's not yet answered your prayer. Would you lift your hand? All right. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, would you write a book, help us out? Huh? How you get all your prayers answered? We need your help. I don't know if you can relate to this or not. Sometimes God answers my prayer, but he didn't answer it the way I wanted him to. Kind of reminds me of the little boy that right at Christmas time, he had prayed a prayer and asked for something. His prayer didn't get answered just like he wanted it to. So he went back to the Lord. He went back to the Lord and prayed this prayer. Lord, I thank you. You gave me a new little brother for Christmas. But if you'll remember, I asked for a puppy. Amen. <laughs> it's a little different right, right there. And stories told too, and here's where I need your help this morning to stay awake. Preacher died and he went up to heaven. Conversation with the Lord. Immediately when the preacher got to heaven, he looked around. He noticed the bus driver in his church got a bigger mansion than he got. Bothered him. Finally got up enough nerve. He went to the Lord, said, Lord, why is it? I was a preacher in this church. This guy was the bus driver. How come he got a bigger mansion than I got? The Lord said, well, you see, preacher, it's very simple. When you preached, the people slept. When he drove the bus, the people prayed. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Can you help me out today? <laughs> Stay awake, wake your neighbor up, do whatever you got to do. Amen. Acknowledging prayer. May God add his blessing to the preaching of the word and all God's people said, amen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 and 17 very shortly say, be joyful always, pray continually, pray continually. Now, the good news for me and you is that doesn't mean we always have to be on our knees in our prayer closet. But what Paul is talking to us is about is to live a life consistent and constantly in prayer. I don't know if you realized I was able to be in service here last week, just attending. This is our home church now. We moved back to Oklahoma City about a year, year and a half ago. I love being a part of this church family. I always tell you we're not voting on it. I'm just in. Amen. All right. I loved being a part of service. I love being a part of this church. I'm speaking on the road 45 weeks a year, and I don't get to be here. I watch online. One of the things I love about being a part of this church is people's church believes in the power of prayer. We, be we believe it's prayer that changes lives. We believe it's prayer that changes circumstances. We believe that God can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, and we need to constantly pl stay plugged in to him at all times. We believe that with all of our heart. We are here at People's Church. We are where we are because of God. We're going where we're going because of God. We're in this building because of God. Lives are changed every week because of God. I don't know if you feel this way, 
but in examining my life, transitioning to the new year, I can tell you this, Lynn Wheeler needs God more than I've ever needed him. On my spiritual journey, in my spiritual walk, it has never been so vital for us to stay plugged into God. What's all's going on in the world? What's all going on in your life? Stay plugged into God has never been more vital. Let me just give you a couple of announcements. As a church, People's Church is moving into 14 days of prayer and fasting beginning January 13 through January 26. Now, we're going to keep this before you for the next couple of weeks, 14 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to come together corporately. We're going to seek God together as a church. We're going to fast. We're going to sacrifice some things. Wait a minute, I just lost some of you. We're going to give up some things. All God's done for us, we can do something for him for a couple of weeks. For a couple of weeks, we can, we can do something. We can sacrifice. Some of you are going to give up food, maybe. Some of you might give up television. Some of you might sacrifice social media. Oh, dear God. Some of you think I just lost the anointing. Now it's... We're going to give up something. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to pray together, and we're going to fast. Jesus gave us a great example personally of fasting in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. But in that example, Jesus fasted 40 days. We're asking for two weeks. What, it doesn't have to be food. Something that you do often. Now, don't pop up and had one guy say, you know what, preacher, I'm, I'm giving up breakfast every morning. You know what I said? Oh, do you eat a big breakfast? No, I never eat breakfast. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That, that's not giving anything. That's not. We're going to move into this season. I believe it's going to be life-changing for us as individuals and for our church. We're going to have special prayer meetings for two weeks, Monday through Friday. We're going to meet together in every campus. Everybody say every campus. Every campus is meeting together. January 14th, on Saturday mornings, January 19 and 26, every campus is coming together 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., and we're just going to pray and worship God together. We're going to keep these before you because we want you to participate. We want you to come and be a part of this season of prayer that's going to set the pace for 2019 in our lives. You may be saying to me, you know what, Lynn? I've never done anything like that. That's, that's just different. That's weird. That's stretching me. Here's my challenge to you. In your spiritual journey, if you want to see something you've never seen, would you do something you've never done? Would you stretch, do something, see what God wants to do in your life? Be a part of these prayer times. Be a part of the fasting time. It's going to be life-changing. You know, prayer is about connecting a natural man with a supernatural God. May I say to you, friend, God never intended for you to live in a natural place without access to a supernatural God. 
prayer is our access point to the supernatural. I don't want to live a natural life in 2019. I want to go further. I want to go higher. I want to be more effective. I want to have more of an impact. I want to do something different than I've ever done before. I want to connect to a supernatural God who can take me to that place. Prayer's communicating with God. Now let's pause just for a moment and let's talk about the progression of communication in relationships. These are not my main points, but let's just talk about this, okay? Step number one in the progression of communication is small talk. Now, we all experience small talk. You get on an elevator with somebody, it's small talk. Set by somebody at the Thunder game, it's small talk, lest they not playing good. Small, we, we all do that. We talk about the weather with strangers. It's just small talk. The next progression is sharing what we know. There are a lot of things I don't know anything about. I'm not a mechanic. My car breaks down. I need help. I got to take it to somebody who knows something about cars. I take it to my mechanic. I do not have a personal relationship with my mechanic. I know his name. He knows my name. But he looks at my car. He tells me what he knows. The next progression is sharing feelings. Finally, number four is sharing who you are. This is the deep, intimate part. It's a progression. In acknowledging prayer, title of my message, I'm going to talk to you about three things that we need to acknowledge in our prayer time. Number one, everybody shout, here we go. Number one, prayer acknowledges my relationship with God. It acknowledges my relationship. Now, remember the small talk and the steps to the intimacy. In March, I will celebrate 13 years of being married to my beautiful wife, Diana. If you, thank you, clap for her. That's right. right, Here's the thing. And all you married people, you know this. I want to talk to you, okay? How many of you ever heard this? You never really know somebody until you live with them. You heard that. That's a fact. I met Diana, married her four months later. I'm not letting her get away. How many in the house know we didn't really know each other in four months? I lost both my manners. Yeah. We did not, we did not know. It was a progression. We had to get to know. Now, let's just say, for example, if I came to Diana and here's the way I proposed to her. I said, Diana, I love you. I'd like to marry you. But here's the thing. I'm just going to talk to you every once in a while. Maybe once a month, once a week if I feel like it. But I'd still like to marry you. How many in the house know that would not go well with me? She would not have accepted. There's no way. And better yet, if I would have said to her, I'd like to marry you, but I'm not ever listening to you. I'm feeling pain just preaching this. I'm not. Because communication's a two-way street. We listen. We talk. You know, I would have never been given an opportunity to get to that deep, intimate relationship with my wife 
had I went into the relationship like that. Am I preaching the truth? But yet, we want that deep, intimate relationship with God. Then we can't talk to him just once a week, once a month, once a year. I'm having more fun than y'all today. We, we want to move into the deep, intimate relationship. The Bible says he knows us so well, the very hairs on our head are numbered. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 says, he knows what it's like to be tempted just like we are, yet without sin. Heard a story recently of a famous actor. This particular actor had a reputation for having a photographic memory. It was said of this actor that if you give him a script, he could read through it one time and have it memorized. The problem was he knew it. He was very arrogant about it. He was invited to speak one day at this big banquet. Several hundred people are present. When they introduced him, turned the microphone over to him. He got up and started bragging about it. In fact, he said to that crowd, I'll just let you all shout out. Any piece of literature that you know, if I've ever read it one time, I'm going to show you right here and right now. I got it memorized. Well, there was a preacher in the crowd. He's sitting out there, and he was the first one to yell out. He said, Psalm 23. The actor, standing before hundreds of people, kind of stepped back from the podium, then stepped back up, quoted, friend, Psalm 23, didn't miss a word and didn't miss a beat. When he was done, everybody clapped. Pretty impressive. Then he turned it on the preacher. Preacher, now it's your turn, he said. I want you to stand up in front of all these people. I want you to quote Psalm 23. Preacher stood up, quoted Psalm 23. Didn't miss a word, didn't miss a beat. But when he was done, everybody was crying, weeping. The famous actor noticed it. But he let it go. He gave his speech, but as soon as the banquet was over, he walked straight to the preacher and said, Preacher, I got a question I want to ask you. How come when we quoted the same thing, there was two different results? When I quoted Psalm 23, everybody clapped. When you quoted Psalm 23, everybody wept. The preacher immediately responded, Sir, with all due respect, it's very simple. You know the psalm. I know the shepherd. I know the shepherd. Friends, can I tell you there's a difference in knowing the psalm and knowing the shepherd. And I trust in some way today I can challenge you to move from a small talk, casual relationship with God into a deep, intimate relationship with him. Can I tell you, you're listening to a preacher today that does not just want to preach about him. I want to know him. I want to know the shepherd and not just the psalm. I don't want to just quote the Bible. I want to know the God of that Bible, ladies and gentlemen. I want to know him, and I want him to take us to a deeper place, and prayer acknowledges my relationship with him. Secondly, Prayer acknowledges my reliance on God. My reliance on God. 
A famous preacher named Smith Wigglesworth said this, I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. Constant prayer. Pray continually. There's no doubt in my mind there are people under the sound of my voice today that as we transition from one year to to the new, you're in desperate need of a miracle from God. You need God to show up in your life some way, somehow. You need God to do a miracle for you. My definition of a miracle is this, something that requires divine intervention. Nobody else can get it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. Your kids can't do it for you. Your pastor can't do it. If it's going to happen in your life, it requires a supernatural God to get involved. And I want to be a person of prayer because it acknowledges my reliance on God. I need him more than I've ever needed him before, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to acknowledge that by praying to him every day. James said it this way, chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Everybody shout pray. Pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any of you, any one of you sick? He should call for the elders of the church to pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Watch this. And the Lord will raise him up. Who's going to raise him up? Everybody shout it. The Lord is going to raise him. Why? Because I can't do it. You can't do it. But I'm happy to be able to have a microphone today and preach to you with a smile on my face that God can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And I'm here today to acknowledge I need him. My reliance is on him. I can't do it without him. I need him more than I've ever needed him in my life. I want to acknowledge that, see. In 35 years of ministry, I've taken a microphone and spoken many different venues. My wife and I do marriage conference. I've spoken men's conferences, retreats, revivals, many different settings in 35 years. Never one time have I taken a microphone to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ without praying this prayer. Lord, Would you anoint me today to preach your word? I want to be anointed. Anointed may be a new word for you. It may be different, maybe something you've never heard. Anointing is simply this. It's an impartation of God's spirit into my spirit to help me accomplish the task he's called me to do. An impartation of God's spirit into my spirit to help me accomplish the task he's called me to do. I don't want to preach without the anointing. I don't want to live without the anointing. When I'm sick, I need God. When I'm lonely, I need God. When my emotions are haywire, I need God. I need him more than I've ever needed him. And I'm going to acknowledge that today. Am I just preaching to me in the house? Do you need him today? I need him more than I've ever. I want to acknowledge that. See, I want to acknowledge I'm relying upon him. I'm relying. I need him today. Here's one I want to give you. Everybody smile even if you have to fake it. 
because I need him when people hurt me or lie about me. I need God. Some of y'all quit smiling. I need God then. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Come on, somebody ought to say, ouch, up in here. Do you ever, are you like me at all? Do you ever read some parts of the word of God, pray for those that persecute you, and just want to look up to God and go, huh? Say what? Do what? Probably that's not a verse you have on your refrigerator door. Probably that's not one man you've got on the mirror while you shave. Not one we love. I think some of you are going to be able to relate to this. I'm simply not going to preach this. I'm just going to throw this up on the screen, and I'd like everybody to read it for yourself. Y'all didn't know Kermit the Frog was anointed, did you? He's preaching good today. Huh? These folks about to make me break four out of ten. And I think we could go a little higher with four. Some folks up around ten out of ten. Oh, praise the Lord. Pray for those that persecute you. Very hard to do. Easier to preach than do. Easier to read than do. Very difficult. That's why I'm here today acknowledging I need God. You know, there's another part of prayer that I love. Because here's what I know too for you and me. Sometimes when we're transitioning to a new year, we're not only in need of a miracle, but many of us are carrying very heavy burdens into the new year. You've got some heaviness, some weight on you. I, I may be speaking to some people today that you're having trouble sleeping at night because worries gripped your mind. You're burdened, you're heavy. It may be something you're going through or it may be something someone close to you is going through, but you're carrying some burdens into the new year. Here's the good news for you and I as Christ followers. Prayer is also transferring, transferring our burdens to the Lord, transferring, giving them to him. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus talked about this. He talked about the fact that we have heavy burdens. See, he knows us. He said, we have heavy burdens, but his burdens are light. So watch this. Watch this. Heavy burden, his burden is light. What God's calling you and I today to do a burden exchange. Let's give him our heavy burden, and he'll give us a light burden. And today, if we'll do that burden exchange, we'll walk out of this place 
feeling lighter, feeling more free, no matter what it is. Maybe nobody else knows the heaviness that you're going through, but I want to tell you, God knows, and you can depend on him. He wants to trade burdens with you. He wants to carry that heaven. Oh, what a God that we serve, ladies and gentlemen. He is a great, great God. He's a good, good father. He's saying you don't have to carry that. It's heavy for you to carry. You can barely put one foot in front of the other, but I'll take that. Oh, what a good God that we serve. And that's why I want to step up today and say as a child of God, I am totally relying on him. I need him to carry my burdens. I need him to heal my body. I need him to provide for me. I need him to heal relationships. I need him like I've never needed him before. I'm acknowledging today. I'm totally reliant on him. Third, final point. Thanks for not clapping for that. I appreciate that. Is I want to acknowledge my need to remain in him. My need to remain in him. John's gospel, John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Jesus is speaking, friend. Hear this. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So important for us to acknowledge my need to remain in him. I'm not just going to worship him on Sunday I'm going to remain in him when I walk out the door today. I'm going to go to work tomorrow with him in my heart. See, I'm going to go to school tomorrow with him in my heart. I'm going to walk by people that are giving me fits, but he's in my heart. See, I might not feel good in my body when I get up tomorrow, but I remain in him. He wants us to. And I am acknowledging my need for that. Can I tell you, I walked on this campus before the first service today. When I arrived here, there was a prayer time going on on this platform. I'm not sure who it was. I never came in here. But somebody was leading a prayer, and it was powerful. I haven't felt well for a couple of days. I walked on to this campus. And about the time I got to the place where I could hear exactly what was being prayed, whoever was praying said, and God, would you touch Pastor Lynn Wheeler today while he preaches the gospel to us? Can I tell you, friend, when I heard my name called in prayer, Something from the top of my head to the soles of my feet resonated. Somebody was praying. I don't know who it was, but I'm going to tell you, somebody needs your prayers. Somebody needs you to connect to God. Somebody needs you to remain in God. It will be life-changing. Remaining in God means making it habit-forming. Daniel illustrated this to us. Chapter 6, verse number 10. When the Bible said he went to prayer just like 
he always had. Prayer needs to become a habit. I want you to get involved, please, in the prayer time that People's Church is experiencing. It will change your life, and it will change this church. I want you to know it's about 10 years ago that I started this journey of what the church is asking us to do. About 10 years ago, I began to start every single year with a season of fasting and praying. I wish I would have picked this up a little earlier in my life, but just about 10 years, can I tell you, I can stand before you today and testify that it's been life-changing for me. It's been life-changing for my family. I've seen increase in every area of my life. I've seen God touch my wife when she got a bad report from the doctor when they found a mass in her stomach to three months later. They can't find that mass anymore. Prayer works, ladies and gentlemen. The healer is in that. Can I just tell you, it's life-changing. It's game changing. And for me personally, I want to make up my mind in prayer that I want to acknowledge my relationship with him. I want to acknowledge my reliance on him. And I want to acknowledge my need to remain in him. Make an effort this year to connect the natural man to a supernatural God and just watch what God won't do for you.